Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, I was at the Aotearoa Social Enterprise Forum last week on Friday. And one of the sessions I went to was about Maori and indigenous enterprise. I thought it was really interesting to listen in on the conversations that were going on, because for a while now, one of the things I've been thinking about and pondering is what makes New Zealand distinctive. And one of those things, I think, is te ao Maori. Um, I wrote an article for Spinoff a couple months ago now with Wayne Tukiri, and that was all about what social enterprises and businesses can learn from Maori tanga. I'll put a link to that article in the show notes for this, in case some of you are interested. So the people you'll be hearing speak are Kay Marie Dunn, who was the chair, Kane Kerehoma, as well as Chanel Armstrong. And basically the rough structure of this recording is that there's an introduction from the chair, Kay Marie Dunn, and then Chanel Armstrong talks about their social enterprise called Stay Native, and then Kane Kerehoma talks about social enterprise in the context of the area that he's from. There's just one thing I wanted to say before we get into the podcast, which I think sets the context for the type of session that it was. The session was about an hour and a half long, but what was fascinating to me was that there was about 40 or 50 people there, and at the start, we actually went around and introduced each one of us so that everybody knew the context of who we were. And I just think from a Western perspective, that just wouldn't happen because the people involved would want to get on with saying whatever it is that they wanted to say. And this was a much more relational approach, which I really appreciated. So rather than take up more time with a long introduction, I'm just going to get straight into the content. But if you do enjoy this, then consider listening to some of the earlier episodes, because this is now the 67th one, and there's a lot of content and interviews with other social enterprises. Also, I've put out this book called Social Enterprises in New Zealand, a legal handbook, and if you're interested in that, just drop me an email and I'll send you a copy. I'm Kay Marie, I'm very privileged to be the chair of today's session and um, we're quite creative as Māori I'd like to say, so uh, we're creative, uh, we're adaptable and we respond to change. So a couple of changes that have happened today, um, unfortunately our dear sister Sasha can't make it from Ototahi so we just send um, some aroha to her. And we're also responsive. So what we wanted to do before we uh, launch into our uh, collective kōrero is we actually want to open the floor to get to know who you are. So as we do, um, as Māori, we love to do whakawhanaungatanga, which is all about relationship building. But we want to be super clear that our session hits the mark for you. So we're just going to open up um, shortly. But before we do that, um, I just want to lay some frames out for today. And then I'm going to pass um, the raka over to my two team. And then we're going to pass the raka around to each of you. Um, The first one is um, Māori and Indigenous Social Enterprise. um, Now more than ever is a real... A significant opportunity for us to be bold, for us to be brave, and for us to be able to collaborate and to understand one another. And for a range of reasons. One, not just because of the current state of our economy, but most importantly, the state of Papatuanuku, Mother Earth. And I was really lucky, and some of our whānau here were um, at the hui yesterday, um, around our 
uh, environmental centres and those that are working right at the coalface of trying to manage waste and all of the mahi that we do in this space in business and development and community development it also has an impact on Papatuanuku. So what are we doing and being very bold about how do we create impact and outcomes for our communities? How do we keep Papatuanuku front and foremost um, in our hearts and our minds in the design of our businesses and social enterprises? And thirdly, how do we also ensure that we extend aroha to the people that we love and care about in our communities? So I just want to set those frames um, today. My role as chair is to help uh, probe and ask questions and listen very carefully to what you're here to achieve as well. Um, second thing as well, uh, Christina Leaf is my colleague from Māori Women's Development Inc. Yeah. She's going to be live streaming our session. She won't be live streaming you. Um, and we've also uh, been given permission from our team here. But if at any stage anybody wants to turn off the camera, um, let us know and Christina will do that. Especially if you just want to feel safe to, to have a rant. Um, <laughs> Alright, so um, I'm going to pass it over to, um, to, our, to our whanau here to introduce themselves. And then I'm actually going to ask you all to introduce yourselves as well. Uh, kia ora tātou, ko ngā koe nui tuku iwi, ko ngā tuku mata paurua tuku wakatapu, ko ngā tihini tuku hapu, ko uh, parihaka te maunga, ko Hati Aote Awa, ko i te taho tuku papa, ko John Holtz Rao, ko Daisy Ashby, te taho tuku mama, ko Robert Ravage Rao, ko Rue Rewi, ko Bevan Holtz Rao, ko Kristen Ravage, o ko Matua, ko Chanel Armstrong tuku ingoa. Uh, kia ora everybody, my name is Chanel Armstrong, it is my absolute privilege to be here today and to speak with you. And um, Kamer was saying, you know, what is your hope for this session, what do you hope to get out of it? I am hoping not to screw up too badly. So <laughs> bear with me as I go about my presentation I guess and, um, and yeah, just enjoy the session. We really want to hear from you as well. So feel free to just yell out, put your hands up and do whatever you need to do. Kia ora. Oh, no, my Rongo Pawako te Pai, no, my Tane, no, Nakite Putano, Orangi Kiruna, Papa Kiraru, Kaputa Kitafaya, Kita Marama, Tihei Mauriora, Tihei Mauriora Katata, Tata, Fakaimine, Kiruna, Itakarango, Tewa, Heyaha, Hey, Fakaura, Itotata, Hapu, Iwi, Fenua, Wai, Era Momo Kato, Norero Kutura, Matai, Nunga, Itaruha. あ、天なこと、天なこと、天なこと、かと。あ、ゆりてね、の、が、まんが、ひくらに、おたらる、のれら、こがちプラウ、あ、こがちらうかは、がちとあらがちら、あ、もうぽこ、あ、いんね、わ
So, um, so what I'd like to do is I'd like to pass it around, and we, only, we don't have long, because there's quite a few of you, um, so please don't provide your whakapapa from your down. <laughs> I'm just going to ask you please to introduce yourself, your name, your name, the organisation you work for, and because this is about Māori and Indigenous social enterprise, is there a burning question that you might have, or something that you hope to get out of today's session? Yep, a burning question or something that you want to get out of today's session. So I'm going to pass it over to my sister here, who's helping us. Um, but then I think somebody else answered that, which is actually we already have our own answers. So look within, yeah? And are we looking within? So I thought that was quite powerful. Um, I also heard there's some pretty good hookups in the room here, Barno. So for those of you that are enablers in the sector, you know, do make yourselves available and please take your time to shake hands and have a hongi and have a cup of tea with each other um, because when we are in places of privilege, and I will say it is a privilege to be in, this, um, in our, our respective positions, how are we using our privilege to really support others? Um, I had a good chat with a friend last week at the World Indigenous Business Forum. She's moving over to APEC and MFAT and, you know, she said, I see my role is somebody that helps clear the runway. And I said, absolutely, that is part and parcel of our role in our, um, in our ability to contribute to the ecosystem of social enterprise and enterprise generally, is clearing the runway so that it's easier uh, for the people that follow us to come through. But we also acknowledge um, our tupuna, our ancestors, and we all have tupuna and ancestors, not just us as Māori or uh, Pacifica or indigenous people, um, so I'm really speaking to us as human beings. As human beings, the framework that enables us to be greater and to evolve faster is really around our relationships to one another. So one of the most important aspects that has really come to light for me, especially in the last two weeks, um, is the importance of whakapapa, is the importance of genealogy and our connections and the stories that we have as individuals to our own families. So how, how, how does whakapapa relate to you and how do you resonate with that? And the other one is about spirit. So um, I also had this uh, privilege of listening to a speaker last week from the Sioux Nation. And he was talking about his experience of dealing with um, a major, major uh, oil company coming through Standing Rock. And, you know, he was talking about how stressed he was and he was drinking and... It was more and more difficult, but every night um, as a tribal council they would come together and they would wānanga and they would try and figure out some of the issues and it was more and more stressful. But then what happened was some young people came to see him and they said, look, this isn't just about standing rock, this is an issue for the world and people around the world are seeing us right now, what do we do? Across the river he said that there was, um, the military were there with guns and they were all ready to rock and roll and the young people said, we're ready to die. We're ready to die for this. What do you say as our leader? Now, how difficult would that be as a leader to respond to young people that are prepared to die for the cause? And so he said, look, I don't want blood on anybody's hands. And he didn't want blood on his hands, but also of the families that those young people, he hoped, can return home to. So what did he do? He had two options. We can go to war or something else. And it was his elders that turned around and said, we will pray. We will go to this rock and we will pray. Now some may actually criticise him, but in actuality, when we think about the practices that enable us to really stay connected and listen deeply to the voices of the people that have passed on and the earth and everything around us, how often do we use the power <coughs> of prayer or intention to enable us to stay connected to what is truly important? And I think that's quite important because, you know, we're talking about <coughs> development, we're talking about all these other things, but do we also give ourselves time to pause and reflect and also enable spirit to come in and help us along the way? Because there's lots of things seen and unseen that can support us on this journey as well. So I just wanted to connect with that and also um, just give a bit of context before we start this session. Um, firstly is uh, I also am a Special Projects Manager for Māori Women's Development Inc. Uh, we have a partnership with the Arkina Foundation and I'm uh, in a privileged position um, to help hold the pen um, on the development of a national Māori social enterprise strategy for Aotearoa. And so I'm putting that out there because I'm holding the pen but actually you can dictate what I write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So I'm really interested in feedback and very soon, we're hoping to launch it today but it's not happening, um, we uh, just have to do a little bit more, but there will be a significant social enterprise strategy survey going out. So your feedback on what you see the future of social enterprise being for New Zealand, but also specifically for Māori, um, Pacifica and migrant communities, and also our other whānau as well, what does that mean for you? So there's an opportunity for you to dictate the pen moving forward. And of course we as an organisation are committed to financial capability. Um, we're also committed to our rangatahi and empowering them with enterprise skills. Um, but I've been really passionate about social enterprise because the more whānau that we connect with, social enterprise or helping our people, helping our communities is what is the burning desire of many. But the critical issue that we keep bumping up to is either skill, connection or capital. So I really want to make it to Barry because, um, you know, in partnership with Pledge Me, we, we created a crowdfunding education platform called Takuha to enable uh, something like crowdfunding, which our people don't utilise, um, to become more known, to become more, so that we can utilise it to uh, fund the things that we care about within our communities. So it's as simple as reaching out, building friendships, building connections, and building a, a, a workable partnership that can enable us to move forward. And then finally, I just want to link on what you said, Dan. Um, and I have to say the same. People tend to romanticise what it means to be Māori, and, um, and lots of cultures and communities really hold us up as being leaders, uh, world leaders, and in many instances we are. But we as a people also have a great deal to learn. And when I say that, we talk about our values, our kaitiakitanga, our manakitanga, mea, mea, mea. Um, but if you scratch below the surface, are we behaving in a way that enables those values to be practiced within our business, within the way that we do things, within the way that we treat each other? And I can't say that there are a great, a, a massive number of those. However, I will say that I'm very, very proud to, to identify organisations like Stay Native um, and many others like the Tolaga Bay Inn and many of the ventures that we're supporting are trying very hard to encapsulate and live the values of our tupuna and practice that in their business. But it is easier said than done. So for those of you that are clued up in how to take policy and strategy and make that into a behaviour and a practice that can also lend itself to the market and the products that you create and all the waste that we create, you know, there's a whole whakapapa around that in the ecosystem. You know, we've got to be super smart and really broad in our thinking as well. So without further ado, Farno, um, let's talk later and we'll um, take some questions um, as well. But I would like to introduce um, my sister here, Chanel. Um, really happy to um, have been part of the Stay Native journey alongside my good friend Pam um, and seeing where they've got to, where they started and where they're heading to uh, in empowering individual whānau to do what we do best and that is to <coughs> look after others who come into our communities and come into our homes. So, it's to him there. Chanel Armstrong, please share your story. Can I stand up and walk around? Of course, of course, of course. Can I, um, are you going to do the clicking? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Um, so, I'm just going to stand up and talk a bit about Stay Native. Um, before I do, I just want to mahi to Marie because Stay Native was the brainchild of my mother-in-law, Pam, at the back. And she had this idea and she came to one of the MWDI um, like workshops and she really sort of built the idea around this. And then from there we went to, did, was anybody at the um, Social Enterprise World Forum last year in Christchurch? I was there, that was my first time. And we went there with literally an idea. And we thought, you know, we've got this idea, it's pretty cool, we know that we want to be in a social enterprise, but what does that look like? And how can we make this happen? And we literally came away from that conference, just mind blown. And we got home and we said, we've got to do it. This is what we've got to do and this is the structure that we've got to use. And, and yeah, so we really knew we're sort of in our infancy. This is our first year of, um, of business. And yeah, I thought I'm just going to tell you a bit about what we do, really. Um, so uh, we're a travel site, but we're not your average travel site. We tell people, does everybody know that Airbnb do experiences? What we tell people is sort of like the Airbnb experience with a twist. And the twist is that we're a social enterprise and the twist is that we're indigenous. 
Um, so we have, we have a website and the idea is that our tourists, our travellers, come to the website and they book and browse Indigenous experiences. They're not the usual experiences that you sort of get, I guess, in places like Rotorua, which is like one of our tourism capitals. They're things that are really genuine in terms of um, the connectivity and the authenticity of our culture. Uh, Te Ao Māori is so much more than a song and a dance, and we really wanted to facilitate experiences where people got to know us. Not just what we do, what we're known for best, but they got to know us. So we, um, we built this website where people can book and browse our experiences. Um, some of the people that we have um, loaded on our website at the moment, this is Ricky and Floss, and Ricky is a musician from um, up north in Ahipara. And him and Floss have got together and said, look, we want to be in the tourism space and we want to invite people into our home and we're going to do like a, a poor fitty with them, we're going to eat some boil up with them and then we're going to talk to them a bit about, about our, our music and what we do with our music and how, and how that's represented in our culture. So that's what they do, that's their experience. Another one of our experiences is Shaquille and Shaquille is um, a tutor of Māori and he teaches community classes and he recently won an award as, as a tutor and one of the experiences that he has on our website is he does sort of like a 101 to deal with you. So when our tourists come over to New Zealand he can say look this is the appropriate way to welcome you, this is the appropriate way to say this, to do that, to interact. And then he also has experiences that are a bit more intensive. So for people looking to do maybe like PD, he says, like, I can do a weekend-long wainangan with you and we can sort of delve a bit deeper into te reo Māori and, um, and what that means. So that's one of his experiences. Um, we've also got Leonard, who is from the Hokianga. And Leonard does um, jet ski tours. So he picks you up, he takes you on a jet ski, and he talks about the whakapapa of his whenua on a jet ski. So that's how he sort of tours, which is really cool. Uh, the Hitraka who were one of our OG experiences. And um, so my mother-in-law, she, she had this idea for Stay Native. And it sort of, it sort of started when we, we had this batch up home in Whangaruru. And she was on the batch and, and we knew that tourism was a booming industry. And we knew that there was lots of potential for putia in tourism. So she thought, you know, I like to bring people out to the batch, you know, we like to hang out, we like to say, look, I'll take you fishing, and we can go pick puppies down there, and, and maybe that's something that I can do for my whānau, maybe that's a way that we can sort of make some money, you know, for our whānau. But we knew that we wanted to be a social enterprise, so she thought, how can I make it a bit bigger? How can I make that, that impact a bit bigger? How can I make sure that other whānau are getting a bit more out of it, not just ours? And so the Hitrakas are some of her whānau, and she thought, actually, my cousin across the road, they could probably do the same thing. They have a beautiful whenua, they're awesome at looking after people, they're very generous, generous in nature, you know, it's something that they do anyway. Um, they pick up hitchhikers and they say, actually, instead of going down this way, come down the road to my place and I'll give you a feed and you've got a place to stay, and that's something that they naturally do. So she thought, okay, well, maybe I could do that and she could do that. And then it sort of got a bit bigger and she said, actually, maybe we're the facilitators. Maybe instead of just being the host, we facilitate. So Ahitaraka whānau, their experience is that they have a homestay which where they've converted an old boat and you can come and you can stay with them on a boat. And Auntie Ma is just an amazing chef and she will cook something for you. You eat it on the beach, you get this private beachfront all to yourself. Um, she send out her mokopona to go diving for you. If you're brave, you can go. You can go too. You can go with them. Um, yeah, then you pretty much cook what you eat on the beach, and it, it's beautiful. So that's one of the experiences that you have as well. Um, Shalita is from Ōtautahi, and her experience is Rongoa. So she'll take you through the ngahere, and she'll talk to you about what she picks and why she uses it, how she uses it, and then she'll bring you back into her whare where you make it together, you'll make some medicine, some rungwa, and then she'll do a miri-miri for you because that's part of her background. Um, so those are some of the experiences that, that we have on our website and we really wanted to share with the world just a bit more about Te Ao Māori. We wanted to share that we are not just, you know, the performance-based sort of tourism experience that people are really familiar with, but we wanted it to be an experience where we connect to you. Kanohiki te kanohi. We wanted to get to know you, and we wanted them to get to know us as well. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. There's a few things that make us really unique, and one is accessibility. So, in the tourism space, we have people coming over at the moment in just flocks. 
more than ever, there are more people coming and moving around the world than ever before, and that accessibility to knowledge and to ideas into different countries has, has never been available because of the technological advances that are happening now. Um, so lots of people are coming here, and over the next 20 years, New Zealand is going to be one of the one of the biggest places for people to visit. So when they're visiting us, there's this trend at the moment where people want to get to know Indigenous people. They want to travel, um, what's the word, like they want to be sort of eco-friendly travellers, they want to be ethical travellers, and they want to know that they're contributing back to, to the Tangata Whenua. So we've had some people come over and they said, Chanel, um, I know that there's this thing called a hangi, I know that there's a marae, but can I walk up to a Māori in the mall and say, can you hook it up? Can I get that? You know, so they're like, how do I get there? How do I get in? On the flip side, we've got Tangata Whenua saying, Chanel, I've got this beautiful whenua, I know that I'm great at cooking a kai, how do I get that fella to come to my house, you know? Or I'm, I'm really good at making harakeke baskets, I've been doing it for years and years, but how do I advertise? Do I put up a little sign at the four square? What do I do? How do I get those people here? So one of the things that we sort of do is we say that we sort of provide that access. We provide the access to the tourism market through the website and we give the tourists the access to us. Um, the other thing that we do is we're about connectivity. So um, we want our experiences to be based on real and genuine connectivity, not just to the people, but also to our whenua, which is such a huge part of our whakapapa. And then the third is Māori economic development. So this is where our social enterprise comes in. We tell people that we are equally committed to people, profit and planet. And this is just an amazing crowd to talk to because usually when I say that, people look at me like, oh, okay, yeah, that's sort of weird. But I'm talking to the converted, you know, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. So this is really interesting. So what we wanted to do is we didn't want to just say, look, I've got a website, put up your experience, make some money, that's it. Um, a lot of the, I guess, some of the things that we found were that um, our Tangata Māori in particular, they didn't recognise their own skills. They didn't value what they had in terms of being able to monetize what they can do, or what they have, and um, and we really wanted to sort of build that. So we thought one of one of our outcomes that we want to achieve is that we want to build small Maori businesses in tourism. We've set ourselves a lofty goal of supporting a hundred new businesses in our first year, which is really exciting. Does um, does anybody know how like the percentage of small of small enterprises in New Zealand and the economy? I think yeah, I think it's about 96, 97. So SMEs make up the engine room of our economy. They're huge, absolutely huge. Of that 97 percent, less than one percent are Maori owned. Blows my mind, less than 1%, legit. And, and we sort of sat there, I guess, as a business, and we thought, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. It's not good enough that we have all of these skills, all of these talents, all of this potential, and less than 1% of all SMEs in New Zealand are owned by Māori. So we really wanted to flip that script. We said, no, we want to build small Māori businesses. We want to make sure that the money coming in from tourism, because it's a booming industry, our biggest industry at the moment, and we said we want to make sure that that money goes to our whenua. We want to make sure that that goes straight into the homes of our people who need it the most. Because in the regions, jobs are scarce, and poverty is rife, and our Māori are overrepresented in the worst statistics. So we thought what we can do is we can give them the opportunity to build businesses, and we can make it as easy as possible for you to do that. Um, so, you know, and I sort of talk to that, don't worry about it, we'll just keep going. <laughs> so I guess this is, this is what our tourists want, this is what they're looking for when they're coming over. They're looking for authenticity, they want something real, they don't want something cookie cutter, they don't want to the shelf, they want to get to know you. Uh, they also want one of kind of experiences, they want to be able to insta that, they want to say, I can do something that you can't do. You know, and one of those things is going through the door. It's walking into people's homes. You can't do that everywhere. We had somebody, um, somebody once say to us, actually I travelled over to Europe. I was in Italy and I saw these, this beautiful architecture and these beautiful houses. And what I really wanted to do was walk in a door. I wanted to go in and I wanted to sit down with them. And I don't care what they made me, I would have eaten toast, but I wanted to be there, you know, not just walk on the outside and see it. So this is what we want to do as well. 
and then access to te ao Māori. They want to get to know our culture. And then for our tangata whenua, what they're looking for is they're looking for ways to make money. They're looking for ways that they can increase their, their, um, their money flow through their house and sort of some sustainable income. That's what they want. Um, they also looking to, we wanted to remove the IT barriers, so like I said, a lot of our hosts, they have great ideas, but they don't necessarily know how to do it, or, you know, starting a business is hard, so they don't know, you know, do I need a website, do I need to do this, and what about international marketing, how do I advertise, so we say, actually, don't worry about any of that, we can take that all away from you, and all you need to do is sign up with us as a host, and while you're with us, we sort of build you and we develop you on the way. Um, so removing the business barriers, like I just said, thanks. <laughs> um, how it works is really easy, so we've got a website, um, you create an account, the account is free, uh, you design your experience, our Tonga Te have 100% control of the design of their experience. <coughs> they can say how long it lasts for, what they want to do, how much they want to charge, that's all completely up to them. Um, they submit it, just so that we can make sure that it's not dodgy <laughs> or weird. And once that's, once that's been approved, then um, that's pretty much it. Where they manage it themselves on the website, um, and then they get paid once the host, once the tourists come through. Easy as that. Um, so what else do we do? We, I guess, we earn a dollar based on commission. So we have we have a commission model. Um, but what we wanted to do is we're offering an e-learning platform. So it's not just come on board with us, start a business, make some money, you're done. Thank you. Um, but it's come on board with us, and while you're at that startup phase, let us grow you, let us develop you. And we've got this e-learning platform which we're designing where we want to teach them things like financial literacy, we want to teach them things like international marketing, we want to teach them things like health and safety, so that while they're with us, they're growing their business, they're growing their potential, and they can almost get themselves to a stage where they could leave us. <laughs> I, had this, um, I had this one guy talk to me, he was a business mentor, Pākehā fella, I don't mind. And he said to me, actually, Chanel, I don't think that's a very good business model, you know. I don't think you want to build people up so they leave you. And I was like, actually, but as a social enterprise, that's a total win. Because I could say, actually, we had this business that started with us. It was really small. All they did was had people come over for a cup of tea. You know, but then they grew it. They learned a bit about what they can do. They learned a bit about their own skills and how they could grow that. And at the end of it, they didn't need us anymore. They're a thriving business all by themselves. They've employed their cousins, their auntie down the road to do this, this and this, and, and, and that's an absolute win for us. So one of the things that we do is we offer an e-learning platform. Um, alongside the e-learning platform, we've also got a tiered commission model. So um, I guess if it's sort of like a pyramid, um, down the bottom we take this much percent. Uh, but as they learn through the e-learning platform, we, um, we take that down. So you're literally earning more the more you learn. Or well, the more you learn, the more you earn. Yeah. So it sort of incentivizes our tangata whenua to keep developing themselves and keep building their own businesses. And we sort of counter that by saying, well, we don't really lose a dollar because, you know, the better their experience is, the more they can charge for it. So we're still getting everything that we need to sustain a website to sustain our, um, you know, our business base, but our tangata whenua also being able to get a bit more money into their pockets, you know, a bit more money back into the tables of their whanau. <coughs> yes. um, so this is our team. You've met three of us. <laughs> and, um, and then my sister-in-law, she's um, watching all our kids. <laughs> Very important job. Super important today. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that, that sort of finishes up what we're doing. Uh, so tourism is a growth industry. And because we love social enterprise, we wanted to take that opportunity and say, how can we make that benefit our people? How can we make it that Māori are getting a bit of that, are getting a bit of that industry, getting a bit of that putiana, able to put that back <coughs> into their whānau? So we're really grateful for the opportunity that we have to be here today. Um, Sasha was meant to be here, and I'm, I'm actually a wee bit gutted that she wasn't because last year at the Social Enterprise Forum, um, I had a seven-week-old baby with me, and he was strapped to my pocket because I had like one of those carrier things, and I was walking around with my baby, and I, I sat down in this forum, I was feeling pretty proud of myself. I'm like, look, you haven't like done made a big scene or anything like that. You're doing pretty well. Well done, Chanel. Um, and then the, all the speakers were announced for the, for the Māori workshop, 
and this woman, Sasha, was announced. And I was looking around, and I was like, where is the Sasha person? And then I see this woman down the front, curly hair. She takes her baby, who she just finished feeding off her, stands up the front, starts speaking, and I'm like, Wow, <laughs> mind blown. So I'm suddenly really, really proud of myself that my baby didn't cry and um, Sasha was up there presenting. So yeah, it's, it's a real push, uh, pleasure to be here today. And um, yeah, I guess that, that's sort of what we came to say. Noreda, tenakote, 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 Stay native, and what I think is really important in this part of the panel discussion is we wanted to have a bit of a micro example of social enterprise. And a lot of the questions that you posed earlier, I hope that you are able to take some, uh, glean some knowledge from the way that they've gone about developing or thinking about the idea, the design, the concept of whakamana, which is we actually want to support the people that come into our enterprise and actually uplift them so much that they, they may even go and build their own business. It's quite different eh, from your normal commercial model where you want to try and take as much as we can um, for the benefit of the of the centre and leave you with uh, very little. In regards to us all being walking business cards, don't forget stay native. So please explore the website. For you who have whānau who want to be hosts, please sign up. And um, thirdly, if you want to learn more, Pam, Tiara, Shinawa here, connect up, have a conversation and see what support can you offer them so that they can continue to grow and develop their social enterprise. Kia ora. So now we're going to um, pass the rako over to my very good friend Kane. Um, Kane's got an amazing story to share. So we had an individual's perspective um, as a startup in the social enterprise space. Now we're going to flip across to what does it take to build an ecosystem <coughs> of support around social enterprises in Kairawhiti? Kia ora. Yeah, kia ora, kia ora everybody. I'm uh, going to put my micro car's speedy voice on to uh, <laughs> to get through the next 10, 12 minutes. Look, um, thanks everybody for coming along. Uh, I, I guess I kind of, um, the aroha economy, that's kind of what I talk about I guess in Tairawhiti. The, the social enterprise language is still a little bit kind of prickly with our people kind of going and talking around, you know, what social enterprise and a few of them sort of you know, take a bit of a backward step and say, you know, is that something out of a Star Trek movie or, uh, you know, but, but talking kind of things like the aroha economy, you know, talking from those values, you know, places that our people are familiar with, that makes them kind of lean in, you know, to the conversation a little bit more. So, so I think there's still some work for us to do as we start to kind of, you know, we're still in our embryonic stage really, you know, social enterprise in New Zealand. We're still thinking about what that whare kind of looks like. Uh, and I think included in that is the language that we're kind of using to articulate what we kind of mean. And so as that starts to formulate and develop a little bit more, I think we'll come to, to our own term. I'm hoping that's a Māori one because we've got lots of things in our kitty that we can kind of use. And I guess uh, I, I want to make the, the main point right now because when I have a corridor, it's like a river, it can go wee wee wah wah, but I might not get to the main thing that I want to say. Uh, <laughs> The main thing I want to say is a little bit what Stephen kind of touched on um, was that, you know, um, as, as we think about our whare, you know, the, the, this tool, social enterprise, what it can do for us, you know, our people, our whenua, um, is, is my challenge, my weddle to everybody is to, is to dig deep within te ao Māori, uh, within Mātauranga Māori, because you know, these values, these cornerstone pillars that will hold this house up, not only in this generation, but the next and the next and the next, you know, we can search back inside of our deep history and, and the knowledge that's been built up in that kete, you know, for those answers and what that actually looks like, those frameworks, those tools. You know, when we, uh, a good example, the bit that I really love and I think it's sort of been missed is that, um, you know, the Awa and Wanganui and the Maunga are now legal entities. You know, we as Māori have always talked about our maunga and our awe as living, breathing identities in and of their own right. You know, they are not. You know, these sorts of things, are, I think, is what we, where we need to go with social enterprises. Let's uh, really unpack this, you know, and look into that kete, you know, for where we need to go with, with some of this. So, really wanted to take the opportunity very quickly just to talk about some mahi that we've been doing in Tairawhiti. 
uh, up in uh, you know the east coast um, sort of region. Um, so this is this is paradise. Uh, my Fanonga will, will recognise it. So this is um, Te Araroa, our Mona Fitu Matara there, uh, right on the East Cape, uh, first place in the whole world to see the sun. Uh, our Mona Hipurangi, and, and, and right here, right on the tip of the, the eastern uh, North Island. That's where I grew up as a young fella. Um, you know, and I think it's, it's here that uh, when I think about social enterprise, I, I kind of go back to. This is where I got my reo. You know, this is where uh, I learnt those intrinsic kind of values, those pose of our whare, um, that, you know, we're now trying to work with in terms of how do we pull all of that, you know, and bring it into these new modern day contexts and, and these emerging tools that can help us, you know, help us to look after these mokopuna, you know, that, that walk on this land, to look after this whenua, this moana. You know, if it doesn't do that, then why are we doing it? You know, uh, and if we can't humble ourselves to make to make our energy and our mahi have impact, you know, on this fano and this hapu, then then we need to be doing something else. Um, <coughs> so, following on, a um, couple of key people, you know, for for us in, in Te Tairawhiti. Uh First on the left uh, is our man Maui, uh, Maui Tiki Tiki Ataranga. Maui Tinihanga, Maui, uh, Maui Nukurau, uh, Maui Yatamai, he comes by many names. Maui the curious, Maui the trickster, Maui the, the entrepreneur, Maui the innovator, Maui the risk taker. Um, you know, these, these, um, these are our, our guides. These are, you know, some of those frameworks were developed by our Atua. Uh, by our tūpuna, uh, you know, they set the scene for for the types of behaviours and characteristics that we embrace as people. You know, we've we've always we've never feared innovation and change and looking forward and going beyond and thinking about just things that have happened to us that have perhaps shut us down a little bit. You know, and made us kind of come inside ourselves. I think it's now. A, a period where we need to go back to rediscovering, you know, some of those innate abilities, capacities, you know, that we kind of have to keep pushing the boundaries. The other one, uh, just just on the right there, you know, me and Tapira Nangata, um, born in Tiaroa, uh, you know, home in Rotoria, um, you know, done done lots of great things for us. We owe this man and that generation and some of the generations that came came after. You know, a world of gratitude. The fact that I can stand and speak my real, you know, in this modern context, these were the people that ensured it. You know, I've lived uh, and worked amongst First Nations, other Indigenous people around the world. Not all of them have that, you know. Um, so we've got a lot to be thankful for, but it's also there's a big challenge to us that we need to go further and faster because it's not only for our own people. You know, it's for indigenous people throughout the world. Uh, it's, it's not a thing to say that, well, you've got this and so we don't have to do as much. No, it's the opposite. You know, we've got some stuff. We have to go further. We have to do more with it to show that you can, um, that these teachings that have been passed down have value, you know, to us in this world and the next. Um, so this is us, Tairawhiti. Uh, you know, it's paradise. The kids still do bonds off, off the bridge. Um, you know, the way of life is, is still nice and nawari, it's easy. Um, still a very strong sense of whānau. You know, I pick hitchhikers up and they tell me about how they uh, ended up staying with this whānau for three days, getting on it, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And all these wonderful stories, but you know those sort of things happen. You know when I go down the main street and buy a lot of people are still talking Maori. You know I love it. You know it's uh, that that easy kind of there's a realness, you know, to the way that people live. Um, but I guess the other bit that I kind of wanted to put up here is, and, and we heard from this morning is, I guess I'm I'm not really a full social enterprise convert. I'll stick my hand up and kind of say that out loud now. Like I'm still kind of watching and seeing, you know, is this puno or what, you know? 
you know, is it just talk or is it kind of got the kiko, you know, got the substance behind it to be something that I would advocate our people really embrace. I'm still kind of a little bit on the fence. Um, but I think the thing that gives me hope and the thing that draws me to it is I think social enterprise can be a big bridge builder for people, and particularly between our Māori and non-Māori people. Um, there's a space for us to come into a middle ground where we each kind of see value in each other and what we bring to the table in a real way, and not this kind of you know, space where we're kind of tacked on you know, after it's already been set up and we're just rearranging the furniture. You know, let's move beyond that and go bigger, deeper. And I think social enterprise gives us a real opportunity to, you know, to truly kind of, you know, embody that vision that the treaty kind of had, is that we would recognise the value of tangata whenua, but also embrace this kind of modern future of many peoples and all the things that they kind of bring to the table. So, you know, that that bridge building kind of piece, that collaboration, that networking, you know, those relationships is what's kind of keeping me with a little bit of a finger on the pulse on, on some of this stuff. Um, won't go into a whole heap of detail, tight afferty, it's not without its issues. Um, you know, after moving back from, from living overseas about a couple of years ago, I can't count on one hand the number of suicide related tangihanga that I've been to in my own rohe. You know, that, that's the reality of, of some of our, our life. Um, and it's sad, you know, um, but it's really real. We've got, um, you know, without talking about the stats, but we've got whānau really hurting. Um, you know, pōharatanga, poverty, you know, like, if they weren't brown people, we, we would find it inexcusable. Quite, quite frankly, um, but it's become normalised, you know, um, and the urgency to kind of stand up and say, actually, that's not acceptable, you know, in this community, and we've got far too much resources as a people for that sort of thing to be happening. People sleeping in their cars with, you know, kids who are under a year old. Uh, drug problem like, you know, most people would just be freaked out if they kind of knew the, the, the true extent of, of the issues. This unfortunately is, is, is part of our story, part of our reality of, of people in Tairawhiti. Um, you know, intergenerational welfare. Um, yeah, I won't go on about it, you kind of know, but that's, that's, part of, that's part of, I guess, the, the corridor that I bring. It's not all sort of roses and sunshine, there's, there, there's, some, there's some dark stuff kind of there as well. Uh, <laughs> so what are we doing about it? Uh, <laughs> we have a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, so look, you know, um, social enterprise is emerging as a tool, as part of the solution you know, that people are at least kind of having a look at and having a go at. So, um, Hikurangi Enterprises, uh, yeah, people be familiar with it, they've been on the news, they've kind of been around. Um, they're, they're trying a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, grassroots, hapu kind of led, you know, really um, grounded and community, you know, sort of um, led, I guess you know, that, that, that kind of approach, and uh, it's just absolutely beautiful to kind of, um, you know, be around it, see the leadership that's kind of coming through it, see the, the, the hope and the inspiration that it's kind of bringing back to some of our people in our communities that have perhaps not had this kind of light be around for a little while. Um, you know, the claim to fame was that they broke the Please Me um, site, Two times in a row, everybody wears it with a badge of honour. Uh, you know, I, I went and supported them when they were doing the registrations um, to sign people up. And there were people out the door, round the block, you know, from community to community, the, the sort of support. And, and it's not, nothing to do with money. You know, yes, that's kind of part of, of, of what the story is about. But, you know, it's about people. It's about whenua. You know, and it's about how can you 
really work together, use what you've got, you know, to create oranga, you know, to create well-being, first and foremost for your own people, but beyond that, you know, to others. So, so yeah, social enterprise, next, next, next slide. Uh, but other ones kind of coming through, you know, smaller ones. Um, this one is called Aotearoa Social Enterprise Trust, um, somewhat fronted by uh, Mia Ming Foon, uh, the Māori speaking Mia Ming Foon, uh, all around sort of employment outcomes for rangatahi, uh, employment outcomes for the, uh, for the underemployed or the unemployed, um, principally in the kind of primary industries, so, uh, but also, you know, some of that mentoring, um, some of the other pieces as well. I probably don't have enough time to go into details on all of them, but, um, you know, other ones are emerging, so our dear friend Lil down the bottom here on the left, Tolaga Bay Inn, um, you know, trying to <laughs> turn a country pub, um, you know, basically into a community hub, you know, of tourism, of innovation, of technology, uh, and just of people gathering, you know, in, in a positive kind of space. Uh, but also other ones, you know, from environmental stuff, flag the bag, so Tairawhiti's been championing getting rid of the, the single-use plastic bags for a while now, and have been, you know, a bunch of people have been <coughs> knitting up a whole bunch of fabric to, um, to kind of create bags that replace those lunches. And then also, you know, a few of our not-for-profit sector are, are really looking at social enterprise models because that world, the, you know, the, the funding grant world is getting really tough. And it sucks when you've got good programs that you have to let go because your funders kind of gone off in a different direction or they're putting you through the ringer of, of doing a whole bunch of stuff which you know is making no difference. <laughs> But, you know, somebody down here is making decisions without much, you know, recognition of the realities of how that actually pans out in a place like Gisborne or Tairawhiti. Um, sorry, my bro. Now, Fano, I just recognise that it's midday. However, I would like to ask, if you're willing, to give um, Kane some space. It might mean you might be a little bit later for lunch, but how would you feel about that? If anybody has to leave, it's Kate's pie. But I just want to um, afford the brothers some time to be able to share, because we're just on the cusp. Is that okay? Is that okay? Yeah, I'll try, I'll try and go fast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, my, my involvement has really been sort of, um, so yeah, less in the trenches, uh, but more about, you know, how do we create that environment, you know, that, that people can see themselves having a go and, and, and looking into the space of social enterprise. Um, and so as community, you know, and that being community-led, you know, yes, there's some, some wonderful partners out there, but, but it's got to be, you know, from within. You know, if the energy is not, not, not inside of it, it doesn't work, you know. If it's not coming from people who are living and breathing in these communities every day, then the likelihood of it being successful is pretty much zero. You know, and so we've been thinking hard about how do we as community, knowing that we're time poor, we're money poor, you know, we're, we, we don't know everything, we've got some friends but probably not enough, you know, how, what, what difference can we kind of make just by simply coming together and so that was really the, the formation of Social Enterprise Tairawhiti, a community-led sort of organisation to, I guess, number one, get the conversation out there, you know, amongst our whānau and hapu, this is what social enterprise is, this is what it can look like. You know, and here's some of the, the good stuff and the bad, you know, the, the, the opportunities, but also, yeah, it's not all a perfect solution. You know, and we want you to know that stuff and make some of the informed decisions about whether you want to be involved and support that or not. Um, we ran our first ever startup weekend with the vertical being impact, you know, so it really had that kind of social enterprise flavour to the startup weekend. 60% women. 55% Māori, you know, from Pōtaka in the north to Wairoa in the south. You know, we, we went around beforehand, beforehand telling everybody about the opportunity. And through that, you know, created 10 different ideas. Five of them are still going, that have some kind of social impact. Three of them got investment, you know, to, to at least kind of do that phase one proof of concept sort of piloting kind of stuff. You know, the winner of it was our Mariah and Tiaroro. I wasn't part of the judging panel. <laughs> uh, the winner was our Mariah and, and Tiaroro. 
you know, a $60,000 bill from the insurance that Koha is not paying enough for to keep the doors and the lights on. You know, so they're looking at now a, a tourism operation where people can come to the lighthouse, the most eastern point, first to see the sun, Māori culture, you know, an opportunity where there's no Wi-Fi, yeah. Disconnect, kind of come and, you know, come and do it deep with, with some people in a really authentic way, you know, and you can hopefully take some stuff back with you from your kete. So it's probably a connection to be made there with, with our Fanonga from the Taikamura. Um you know, we've done speed dating, we've done community hui, we've done pitch kitchens, we've, you know, all that kind of stuff. But really what we've been doing is just picking up the phone, you know, and chatting to the ones like Lil who are in Tolaga Bay and saying, how's it going? You know, and you kind of sometimes hear, you know, it's tough. We're actually not sure we're going to survive the month. Like, we're, we're on the bones and I've got some stuff that I'm, you know, is in the pipeline, but actually we're kind of close to, to giving up and saying, what can I do? Can you, and, and can you just help me with the proposal? You know, I'm not a writer, I'm not a proposal. Can, can you help me with that, doing that? That gets them another month, you know, because it kind of come up. So it's, it's not always the big flashy stuff. It's really just the kind of, you know, how you're going. I'm here if you need me. Offload if you need to. I can help out in small ways if I kind of can, and getting a bunch of people that can be, you know, available, you know, for that. It's also about turning up for them, not just when you need something, you know, it's turning up to their hui for no other thing, just to come and support that agenda, you know. And that's a big thing I say to a lot of our non-Maori people is the biggest thing you can do is just, just turn up, you know, just turn up, not for a capable that you've got for the one that you're going to. Because then the people will remember it, you know, and they'll remember you turned up, and then there'll come a time where they'll want to repay the favour. Uh, yeah, success, so yeah. You, you all don't need to know, if it, but in the Māori world it's time to send, so the scribble's off the page, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's all over the place. We had big ambitions kind of going into it, thinking we can do this, do that. You know, the realities are is that um, most of it's for love, People are busy, you know, trying to just make ends meet within their own worlds. And then we're asking of them to kind of give more, you know, in the sort of broader community support kind of stuff. So, you know, I think there is some things we can think about. How do we make life easier for people that are prepared to kind of roll up sleeves and put the mahi in? You know, let's reduce some of those barriers and give them the support that they kind of need to do this kind of mahi. Um, I might leave that to the end. Next one. So yeah, you know, one of my uncles, uh, one of our papa, Selwyn Parata, um, beautiful orator, you know. Um, thing about our, that I really love about our old people is they keep things really simple, you know. Um, and people were talking about what are those Māori frameworks? Well, here's the framework. Um, you know, what is it? Tika Pono and Aroha, you know, is something that our people has steered us, you know, has been our kind of navigating guide through a whole bunch of stuff, you know, forces kind of coming on our people for, for a long time. You know, this, when, when it kind of becomes unclear, our people will return to these very simple frameworks. And so what is this? Tika, is it right? You know, is it the right thing to do? Are we doing it in the right way? Are we doing it with the right people? You know, are we doing it for the right reasons? Um, pono, you know, is it true? Is it honest? You know, is it authentic? Does it kind of have integrity to the decisions that we're making? Are we thinking about those unborn mukupuna? You know, and the consequences of these decisions that we make today on what it's going to mean for them. Um, but most importantly, and this is where our people will always come back to, and I guess I come back to the title of my presentation, the Aruha. You know, and that has been our guiding kind of light, Mairanu. You know, is, is, is this about Aruha? Aruha ki te tangata? You know, is it Aruha human to human? Aroha ki te whenua, 
you know, about our kaitiaki tanga and all those responsibilities we have to to our land and to our environment that that are that not only keep us, you know, upright, but that are that we fuck up too, that we have a genealogical link to, you know, and that are an intrinsic part of our own identity, you know. Um, is that aroha present? So, you know, I guess in, in modern context, it's triple bottom line. You know, people have been doing triple, quadruple, multiple bottom line, might not know. Doesn't always mean we've ended up with the hugest amount of profit, you know. But where you've seen Māori ownership, I bet you go to those places and they are some of the most pristine whenua, you know, we have in the country. You go up the coast, you can still swim in those rivers. You can eat all the kai around that beach. You know, and why? Because our people have, have decided, you know, amongst a whole bunch of things. Perhaps going after, you know, all the putia, what does that kind of mean for our moana? Will that mean our unborn mukapuna can still gather kai there? You know, and I'm not talking in the abstract, these are real tucky. We've, we've, we've got a port being looked at in Hicks Bay, right across the hill from that site. We're asking ourselves those questions right now. If we put a port there, you know, with logging and a whole bunch of stuff, can we still clear kai, you know, from, from that beach? So, for me, it's always about coming up here. And I guess my word or to the social enterprises community is, get your head around this stuff, you know? And think about the architecture of our whare, you know, with, with these po in mind. You know, how can we start the building blocks of, of this house that we're trying to build you know, from with this as our starting point. Um, just lastly, and the slide before was really about um, whānau ora. You know, and, and, and I guess if you wanted to know where Māori want to go, go and have a look at that kind of the initial sort of conceptual document that was created around whānau ora. You know, we, we want to be ourselves. We don't want to be dictated to and for something, you know, be changed into something we are not. So we want to stand, you know, on our own two feet and take all the things, you know, that, that make us who, who we are. But we also want to move forward. We embrace, you know, the changes and, and the tools and things that are going to help the well-being of our whānau, our hapu, our iwi. Um, you know, if it makes sense for us, you know, I think for me, if there was a bit of a marriage that could be made, it would be those aspirations that we've articulated through through some, some of the stuff through whānau water and social enterprise being a bit of the how, you know, the tool that can help facilitate and, and enable, you know, us to kind of bring that to life. You know, I've worked on the other side and the government intervention sort of part of whānau water. You know, I think we've missed the mark a little bit there because we're not sort of empowering from the community up and sort of saying, you know, you tell us the way forward, we'll bring the tools to support it and these kind of things that are on offer. So I'll finish there because I know I'm dragging on a bit, but um, give it to everybody for coming. Um, yeah, important kind of discussions in the days and weeks and years ahead of us. Um, keep supporting one another, you know, especially in the tough times, you know, when you're going out. And, and you know, reach out, you know, reach out and one another um, because it's big mahi, it's um, you know, it's wide mahi, it's deep mahi, um, but it's mahi that needs to be done. So, irunga iera fukaro, tēnā kute, tēnā kute, tēnā kute katoa. I love the real talk, you know, and I also um, hope that some of your questions that you posed today were answered um, by our two stunning presenters. Um, and also just thank you for your grace and just giving us a little bit more time for us to be with this corridor, which I hope will then carry you forward for the rest of the day as well. Just a couple of other things. In regards to relationships, Māori Women's Development Inc. We've been around for 30 years. We provide loans and provide support. Uh, to Māori women and their whānau to succeed in business. So if you want to talk further about how to forge relationships, particularly investment relationships, because what we want to do is we want to help de-risk, de-risk an investment, but secondly we also want to support and empower our people 
to be not just investment ready, but as Kane said, they've got to be in a position to be able to withstand the the peaks and the troughs of not just our economic climate, but what it means actually be in your community and everything that comes with that. So how do we really equip our people with that? We look at the mindset. So we provide coaching and mentoring services um, and all of our other programs. So we're keen on collaboration and partnerships in that space. Secondly, um, impact investment. There's a lot of great tools and resources uh, that the Akina Foundation are going to be launching. And thirdly, around Kaupapa Māori and Indigenous models, we're going to be looking at how we can roll out um, a social enterprise academy, um, but one that has been designed by our people in regards to the kind of content that reflects who we are as a people. So we're not just receiving information, but we're actually contributing and co-creating the kind of information that brings this kind of kōrero um, to mainstream to the fore, because actually it creates a significant competitive advantage for us as a nation. Okay. Um, is there one question that anybody wants to pose to Kane before we wrap up and so then you can go and enjoy your lunch? Any part time or comment? I have a comment, not a question. Yeah. Thank you very much, um, just, One thing you said really struck with me as well was on this on the sustainability movement and permaculture. A lot of people get really hung up on permaculture or this or that. And I think the same thing with social enterprise, it's just one of the tools you have to take. It's not, it's not everything, and you're saying you're not bought, bought into it yet. I think that's the right attitude to have. It's not all the answers, and neither will be, and we expect it to talk to us for sure. But we just understand the social enterprise is just one of the tools that we bring along with all the other tools from our teaching notes, etc. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, I think we're dancers, you know. So today, yesterday, I'm a, I'm a permaculturist, environmentalist. Today, I'm all about social enterprise. Tomorrow, I'm with my whanau. Um, so, you know, I'm a mum and I'm an auntie. The next day, you know, we're talking about finance. Last week, I was in a blockchain conference, so I'm a technologist. Uh, so that, I was in a hui with um, the banks, and I was all about digital identity. So I think that actually we're gathering tools to help empower and support our whānau. And that's really one of the most important aspects of being the kinds of individuals that we are in this space. We are in this awesome disco, but now we've got to um, stretch our hands out to invite other whānau in to go, actually, it's cool. This is cool. This is a cool way of being. Um, it's the way of the now and the future. And in fact, if you don't jump on board, you're going to be left behind. So. So, um, Fano, thank you very much. I'm just going to pass it up over to you, Ehoa, to close us off. Have a wonderful day. Let's all talk, hang out. Mauri ora. Uh, I have not much to say. Thank you. That was a fantastic conclusion. And I'd just like us to show our thanks to Henry. Uh, Well, I do hope you enjoyed that recording from the Aotearoa Social Enterprise Forum, and if you did, consider sharing it with others so that they can benefit from the content as well. Also, there's dozens and dozens of other interviews on this podcast, so you might want to check out some of them as well. Until next time! <laughs>